sports, politics, life. The Bluemont Hotel in Manhattan presents Kevin Keatsman Has Issues. Online reservations at BluemontHotel.com. Super Bowl week has arrived, and the Chiefs have landed in Vegas, baby. It is on Chiefs and 49ers Sunday in Super Bowl 58, and we've got you ready to go on this very big week. It's going to be an awful lot of fun as the Chiefs got great news over the weekend. For some, this would be a small headline. For some folks outside of Kansas City who casually follow the Chiefs, whatever, this would be a very small thing, but we know what an effective touchdown scorer Jarek McKinnon is. And the Chiefs have taken him off IR and open up his practice window, and there is a chance he will be active and playing in the Super Bowl. They did not believe that was possible. After he injured his groin, was placed on IR after week 15. So outstanding news there because all the guy does is score touchdowns. You know, he only usually gets two or three touches a game, but they're always very important touches, and he can find his way into the end zone. That is a big boost on the offensive side of the ball, so we're pretty excited about that. First, some news and notes here. Uh, we'll begin our week by letting you know Stan Weber is not with us today on the football feast because we're going to have him on Thursday. We'll do a full preview after the teams have been there. We get the hype machine going a little bit more. We find out a little bit more about what's going on. We watch some interviews and some things. It begins Monday night on NFL Network. If you are really into the Chiefs, really into the Super Bowl, and you cannot get enough of this, Monday night's your night. They do a live broadcast at 7 o'clock on Monday night called Opening Night at the Super Bowl where both teams are at the stadium and they have all these interviews and all the players are there and it's all live and it usually can get just a little bit wild on live TV. So if you want to check that out on Monday night, you will get a huge Chiefs fix on Monday night with opening night on NFL Network. It should be uh, fascinating fun. For the most part, the game plan is installed at this point. The Chiefs did most of their hard practicing and game plan installation in Kansas City before flying on Sunday evening to Vegas where... Much of their days are filled with more meetings, very soft workouts, very soft workouts, a whole lot of media obligations, including pictures, videos, photographs, things for the television broadcast. It is a wild week for everyone involved in the Super Bowl. Good news is the Chiefs are accustomed to it. Many of the 49ers have been through this before as they lost to the Chiefs four years ago in Super Bowl 54. And we're just really excited. To me, going into any of the Super Bowls, I feel better about the Chiefs right now than I have any of the other years that they've been in it because we've just never seen the Chiefs have a defense like this. And I think that's just a really, really big deal. There is one question mark on the defensive side of the ball, and that is Charles Omenehu being out. It appears that Felix Anudiki Uzama, the rookie from Lee Summit in Kansas State, will be elevated and asked to play a significant role in this game. Steve Spagnolo, the defensive coordinator before departing Kansas City for Las Vegas, said that he is, quote, confident, end quote, on where Felix is right now. So while he has not played much, it's a tough defense to crack. I think we can all agree with that. But I think we almost have to look at this player right now as not a rookie. He's been here all year. He's been practicing. He's played a little bit sparingly. He should know his job, know his role well enough to pull it off. That's the main thing is you don't want to have guys out there making mistakes. We've talked about this as a common theme with the Chiefs this year. There are very, very few as the season has gone on with their defense. There's been very, very few plays here in the last half of the year where there was any kind of confusion out there on the field. Remember last year, there was even some of that and earlier this year, and we'd see guys, you know, cornerbacks looking at a safety going, what happened? You didn't pick him up. You know, you didn't get your coverage right. And they'd look around. Um, we've, we saw the Bills do this a little bit. We've seen other teams struggle with it, but the Chiefs have been really good at not having that happen. 
So Felix and Udike Ozama cannot be that guy. You cannot put a player out there in the Super Bowl that doesn't know exactly what his function and role is on every single play call, on every single snap. Doesn't mean he's always going to make the play, but you have to be assignment sound. And hearing Spagnolo say he's confident in where Felix is right now, that he can get a bigger number of snaps, we'll see uh, how well he plays. But the McKinnon thing, to me, is just a really big deal. Now, on a personal note, this is Jessica's really her favorite player. And for the past couple of years, since the 2022 season when the, the sports betting became legal, she got on DraftKings, and she started betting $10 like every game that he would score a touchdown. So the first time she did it, it paid like 9 to 1. She bet 10 bucks, made 90. That's a good hit. I want to say it hit in seven games in a row, at least six in a row, and maybe eight out of nine he scored. I think the first, in 22, I think he scored nine touchdowns. And it, it was just incredible to watch him go game after game after game, scoring touchdowns. And they were always really important times in the game and big touchdowns. I mean, the dude just has a knack. He just knows how to get in the end zone. If he plays on Sunday, that's just one more thing for the 49ers to be thinking about because the real matchup advantage that the 49ers have against the Chiefs where their team is legitimately better than Kansas City, it's their offensive weapons. Those four dudes, they've got everything you could want. they got the best running back. You can argue that Kittle's every bit as good as Kelsey. They've got double receivers. Debo Samuel's an absolute stud who can run the ball as well. They've, they've got a, a widely... Um, efficient variety of guys doing different things that make it very complicated to defend them. That's their advantage. You add McKinnon into the Chiefs, now we're getting somewhere. We've seen Kelsey in the playoffs. We know what Rasheed Rice has become. We like Pacheco, and now you add that X-factor type player in Jarek McKinnon that you just kind of have to keep your eye on and account for, and I think that makes this game really, really, really interesting. The Chiefs with McKinnon on the field get much closer to have to equaling the four weapons that the 49ers have. They're not there. They're not as good as those four, but they're much closer. And we've seen this many times on any given day. Any of these guys could be the best player on the field. We've seen Kelsey be the best tight end. We've seen Rice have games where he's the best receiver in the game. And we've seen Pacheco where he's the best running back. Now you throw McKinnon in there and the Chiefs, it's just, it's pointing up for them. Uh, there's no question about it. It's pointing up. The only thing pointing down is Patrick Mahomes Sr., the quarterback's dad in Tyler, Texas, arrested over the weekend for what is reportedly at least his third DWI, that he previously spent 40 days in jail for his second DWI, and apparently that was served on the weekends. He'd go check in for the weekend and did that like 20 times. You check in for two days on the weekend, you got to do 40 days in jail, you had to go 20 weeks in a row or something on his weekends. I don't know what it is now, but this third third offense says it's more serious, and it's up to 10 years in prison. Now, do I think Patrick Mahomes Sr. is going to get 10 years in jail for a third DUI? Probably not. And as distractions go for pretty low on the list, I, I was explaining to a friend yesterday, it's different if it's your kid. It's different if it's your wife. It's different if it's your brother. It's different if it's a teammate, for crying out loud, or a coworker. We kind of all look at our parents as not really our problem, right? And I don't, I don't mean that. It, that sounds way worse than I meant it. Like, if your parents screw up, all right, 
that you you're not really responsible to to have taught them better or to be their mentor or whatever. So I don't I think this probably rolls off Pat Mahomes the seconds back a little bit like yeah, okay, dad's a drunk. I've known this for a while and he has trouble getting in his car when he does it and he's not learning his lesson, but yeah. Some people are hitting on Mahomes saying, you know, he gets drunk at the parade or whatever when the Chiefs win the Super Bowl. I'm like, come on. Patrick Mahomes has been outstanding since he arrived. He personally has done everything right, really. If you want to complain about him having a little too much fun at a Super Bowl parade, man, you're trying to find something to complain about. Do I like his wife? Not particularly. Am I a fan of his brother? No. Do I like their social media exploits? Am I thrilled that Taylor Swift's hanging out? None of this really to me is like, okay, this is great. I love my football team more because of all this other stuff. I'm not that guy. But I don't think Patrick Mahomes Sr. getting his third DUI is affecting Patrick Mahomes at all this week. Like, absolutely zero. So we can take that one off the table. A lot of people are asking, thinking, oh, what a distraction. How's he going to be? You know, what's this like for him? He's he's in Vegas and his dad's doing them. Like, it, it's, it's nothing. It's like, okay, dad did it again. I, th- I honestly, I think that's what it is. I think Dad did it again, and Patrick Mahomes the second just moves on, and the Chiefs are going to be just fine. I got a real nice email from my buddy Chris over at B Stock this weekend, and he has sent me some information here that kind of goes over my head, but wants me to pass it along for some of you because we have a unique opportunity in Kansas City. Kansas City is one of only three places in America with multi-gig Google Fiber. And Chris says he has it at his house. It's completely amazing. Where most people would have like one gigabyte, you can get five to six gigabytes throughout your house. It can be complicated, but it's worth the effort. He said, you will be amazed at what your business or your home will function like if you do this. And he wants me to let everybody listening know that B-Stock will coach you and teach you about things like this absolutely free. If you call them, they're going to be putting some classes together and doing some technology classes free for people who live in Kansas City. They also are going to offer free classes for customers looking to navigate a complicated, connected world with whether or not they're, you know, how fast is my TV and does that matter? Do I need a wireless mess system for my house? What's the benefit of having one? How do I transfer information from my old computer to my new computer? Uh, how do I stay protected online? They're going to start doing classes at B-Stock on this. So give them a call, log on to bstock.net uh, to find out more information or walk right in and see them at 14680 South Flaming Road in Olathe. They would love to have you join their classes if you're like me and you're not tech savvy. I can't think of a better way for me to go spend 30 to 60 minutes on a couple of these classes and learn some of this stuff. Pretty cool stuff. Bstock.net. Cross Kitchens KC is Kansas City's remodeler. Tim Cross and his family would love to work with your family on providing just creative, beautiful, functional new spaces in your home. So many people are staying in their homes. And you can make it just more comfortable and livable, sometimes for just a little bit with by changing the countertops or repainting the cabinets or something. And sometimes it's a complete redo. Uh, but you need to meet with him in your house, have him take a look around, and then he'll send you a bid and you decide whether you want to do part of it, all of it, or you know how you want to respond in kind. These guys are really good at what they do. They're really good. Kansas City's remodelers, crosskitchenskc.com. Call 816-898-7047. And maybe you'd like to go to Manhattan tonight for the K-State KU game. If you'd like to get tickets on the day of the game, ticketsforless.com is there for you. Promo code is KKHI for any Kansas basketball game. Promo code is KKHI. Big 12 tickets. 
Promo code KKHI at ticketsforless.com. Want to go to spring training and see the Royals? Ticketsforless.com. Promo code KKHI. Want to go to the Super Bowl or are you going to Vegas this weekend? Maybe not even going to the game? Do you need concert tickets? You want to see Luke Combs? We're going to have him. We're going to talk about him on the podcast later. He was on the Grammys on Sunday night. If you're looking for anything Vegas related, they've got tickets to everything. Ticketsforless.com. Promo code KKHI. Wow, did the Kansas Jayhawks just roll the Houston Cougars on Saturday? All right, this was, we talked about this on the podcast last week. Is Kansas right now ready to flip the switch and turn the corner? And my goodness, did they flip the switch and turn a corner in a big way. They raced to a 15-point lead at half, shooting almost 70% from the field against what was considered the best defensive team in the Big 12 and maybe the best defensive team in America. And KU is just boat racing them. They played with pace. They played with energy. They were crisp in their passing, creating passing lanes and open shots. It was an absolute clinic. Clinic for college basketball. Now, Kansas has not done that on the road yet. On Monday night, they play in Manhattan. It'll be loud. It'll be a raucous atmosphere. K-State is terrible, okay? They lost to Oklahoma State on Saturday. They've lost four in a row. They are 358th in the country in turnovers. Like Kansas State cannot dribble. They're just like the fundamentals of the game. They cannot hold on to the ball and dribble. So let's not even get to passing or finding somebody for an open shot. That's very complicated compared to just dribbling and not losing it. Like they're not good. They're going nowhere fast. The line on this game is five and a half points tonight. Now I'm already all over Kansas. And I understand a rivalry game. And I know Kansas State through the years has had some really crappy teams play KU right to the wire at Bramlage. I've seen that before. I do not see it here. I don't know how they match up against Hunter Dickinson. This Johnny Furphy has just exploded. NBA scouts are foaming at the mouth. They're talking about a possible one and done now from the Australian kid. Furphy who had 17 points and eight rebounds on Saturday and plays phenomenal defense. He is the absolute spark plug and the boost of energy that Kansas so desperately needed, and they're getting it from him. Now, I don't think KU has to worry much about one-and-dones anymore. They've got so much money, and they're willing to pay so much money. Unless Kansas has a one-and-done that is absolutely a lottery pick, nobody's leaving after one year. Like, if Furphy, I think right now, is projected like 24th in the draft or 26th in the draft, he'll come back another year, and they'll pay him a couple million dollars to play at Kansas for one more year while he moves up in the draft. This is going to work out great for Kansas when they get players like this. They'll be able to keep them legally this time with money and enticements, inducements. And Johnny Furphy is just so much fun to watch. I mean, he is just instant energy for this team. They are, I'll tell you what, we knew they had the one-two combination of Dickinson and McCuller. We knew that. And, and these are really older, experienced players. Furphy's much younger. Furphy adds that element that, okay, what was missing with Kansas? We saw these two stud players, but where are we going next? K.J. Adams is a freak athlete. You get, I mean, Dwan Harris is a veteran player. They had nice parts. I'm not saying these are bad players, but they were missing something. And Furphy has become that guy, and they look like just a completely, I mean, completely different team. A big announcement by FIFA on Sunday. They've announced where all the World Cup matches will be in 2026. This is still two and a half years away, right? We're in 2024. This is 2026, June of 26, there will be four matches at Arrowhead, group stage matches. They'll be relatively ho-hum, but Kansas City did get a couple of knockout matches in the quarterfinals, which is better than I thought they'd do. 
I thought we'd get the four group stage matches, and that would be that. So there's four group stage matches in June, then two knockout quarterfinal matches in July of 2026, and now let the fun begin. We have two and a half years to figure out how to pay for this, which is clearly going to come from uh, slush funds, city, county, state slush funds, where your tax dollars are just laying around. They're just going to take it from you and host the world soccer tournament. They're going to rip out seats in Arrowhead. They're going to tear it apart. You're not going to believe what they do at Arrowhead to make it compliant for soccer. You should see what they're doing in other places, like the Meadowlands or L.A., Dallas. They're tearing up the field and putting in grass because FIFA won't pay on our, play on artificial turf. So in these other stadiums, they're literally tearing up their field and putting in dirt and grass. Then I assume they'll go back to putting down an artificial surface in time for their football season for the Cowboys, for the Rams, for the Giants. But we'll see. I'm amazed at what people are doing to get the World Cup. And Kansas City's in, and a lot of people are really excited. So that was a pretty good deal. Pretty good deal that there will be six matches, including the knockout matches in July of 2026. Uh, the PGA Tour cannot catch a break. We know they've been, you know, they're catching it from all sides, from live golf and players defecting and all this stuff. They finally get a full field tournament, like lots of big name players. They're playing at the most iconic place you can play on this tour, and that is Pebble Beach. It's the huge weekend. The celebrities are all there. There's no football. Like, this is the first Saturday, Sunday, no football. They get high, big ratings. And in the middle of a drought in California, they have torrential rains and flooding, and the whole thing got washed out, and they awarded Wyndham Clark the win based on what he did Saturday. They washed out on Sunday. Too much rain on Monday. They couldn't finish it on Monday. And so nobody basically saw Pebble Beach this year because Sunday's when you get the big ratings. This tour cannot catch a break. All right, on to the news. And that's brought to you today by Buck Roofing and Construction online at rbuckroofing.com. Ron's also got that disposal company now. If you need disposal units at your job site, Buck can help you out. All you got to do is go to buckdisposal.com or if you'd like to have your roof inspected this spring, call Buck Roofing. They'll do it for free. 913-384-2680. You'll sleep well knowing Buck Roofing fixed the roof over your head. The Finch Knife Company has a new local dealer in Lecompton, Kansas, Hill Creek Market. I got a couple of emails this weekend from some of you who've already pinned this place and said you're going to go there. It sounds like a great little spot between Lawrence and Topeka. They're, they're a boutique store. They sell home goods, specialty meats, and food. And they've now got Finch pocket knives for you to see. If you want to go into Hill Creek Market in Lecompton, sounds like it's a cool day trip, and you should consider that. Or you can order a Finch Pocket Knife online at finchknifeco.com or visit Shields in Overland Park, the Bullet Hole in Mission, or Teague Tractor in Belton. Keep life from getting dull with a Finch Pocket Knife online at finchknifeco.com. And my buddy TJ over at Back 9 Development has an unbelievable development right now in Lansing, Kansas. He's got eight lots. Not even for sale to the public yet. Interested persons should contact TJ directly. These lots are all more than three acres. They're around a pond in Lansing at the southeast corner of Eisenhower and 162nd Street. This is going to be a really, really cool opportunity to build a custom home. Back9development.com. TJ Vilkanskis can be reached at 785-236-0161. And don't forget, they're offering the lofts at 1700 in Manhattan now. Condominium project where they're completely renovating and redoing the old apartment complex off Manhattan Avenue. 
Two-bedroom, two-bath condos will be sold individually, starting price of $249. They're perfect for college students. If you want to have a rental property, if your kid's going there and wants to take on a couple of roommates, let the roommates pay for the thing for you. Or maybe you just like to have a place to go on football Saturdays where you can spend the weekend or go play golf or whatever. A lot of folks are opting for second homes right now in Manhattan, Kansas, the second fastest growing city in America, if you can believe that. 249, the loss at 1700. Contact TJ, just call him personally, man. Just why not just call the owner? 785-236-0161 for back9development.com. Wow, I've never seen the left freak out so much about a reporter doing their job as we're seeing in response to Tucker Carlson, who has been in Russia for three days and is allegedly interviewing Vladimir Putin and will be releasing it on X, where the entire world can see it. Everyone in every country, everywhere, can see the interview between Tucker Carlson and Vladimir Putin. In America, leftists are freaking out. They are calling Tucker Carlson a traitor. Bill Kristol, who used to call himself a Republican, says that he should not be allowed back into the United States. Have you ever heard anything like this? Because, like, I remember... Barbara Walters would go interview Putin or George Stephanopoulos or something, and they champion it and go, oh, good, you're going to ask him these tough questions. Here we go. Oh, but it's Tucker Carlson who's doing it, and he's a traitor for doing his job. Like, his job literally is to interview people. His job literally is to interview people and tell truth to the world. Here's the actual truth. These people on the left lose their minds when they're afraid the truth is going to get out. Look, Vladimir Putin's a bad, a bad dude, right? He's a killer. He's in all likelihood a war criminal. He's all those nefarious, terrible things. There isn't much you can do about it. You can't take him out. You, and I'm going to be interested to hear his argument over the land in Ukraine and what his plan is and what he wants to do there. I don't think he should have gone in. I know this. He wouldn't have gone into Ukraine if Trump were president because he didn't when Trump was president. So he wouldn't have done it. Right? But the world is destabilized right now because of Joe Biden and the Democrats. When they want one world, this is what they're talking about. They want basically destabilization everywhere. They loved COVID. They like it when things are bad. They like the George Floyd riots. When there is mayhem, Democrats win. This is what they survive on. They need chaos and mayhem. And then they go to you and say, it's the other dude's fault. Vote for us. And somehow Americans believe that. And follow it. So they're really, really, really afraid that something truthful is going to come out of this. I think Tucker will be tough. I think he'll ask absolutely everything, but I think he'll be fair. I think he's going to sit down with Putin and say, I want to hear your side of this. What is your argument for what you're doing? It's a fair question to ask, isn't it? And shouldn't the American taxpayers know this with all this money that's being spent? We've got a border bill sitting out there right now that... Mike Johnson says the Speaker of the House is dead on arrival. $118 billion. $20 million of that is for the border. So what are we talking about? 15% of it? 17% of this is for the border? Oh, there's 60, over half of it's for Ukraine. It's another Ukraine aid package, what it is. $14 billion for Israel. It will allow up to 8,500 people a day into the United States if they pass it. Chuck Schumer celebrated getting it through the Senate. And celebrated Mitch McConnell. Says, we've never worked so closely together. We've never been such good pals. Well, yeah, because Mitch is flipped. 
Put Josh Hawley in charge of the Republicans and see how this goes for you. This is a terrible bill. If it passes, it's got amnesty included in it. It's got, here's what it does. It's going to say, uh, if we're up to 8,000, 8,500 a day times seven days a week, we're taking 60,000 people a week. That's quarter of a million a month, uh, three, three million annually. And we're putting a big sign up that says, come to our border, come on in, and we will give you a work visa. Like literally the bill says, all of these people that come, we're going to give them work visas. So they're here. That, that's a piece of paper that basically says, I've been checked and I'm here legally. How long until they turn the work visa into a voter rights? I mean, no, this is just, this, this isn't even up for debate. No, hell no, 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 no on this border bill. Can't possibly do this border bill. Look, there are laws in place. Title eight allows the president to close the border right now. This is not a border bill. This is Ukraine aid. And why, if there's laws on the books right now that Biden could close the border like Trump did, okay, if he just, if he just put back in place the four or five things Trump was doing, we'd have a closed border. If he can already do that, why do we need a bill? Why are they even discussing this? What are Republicans thinking? No, just turn the, Joe, close the border. You have the laws on the books. You don't need a law from us. Close the border. We'll do this. We'll do a one-off bill. We'll pass $20 billion right now, strictly for the border, if you implement these four or five policies. That's it. And as long as they're being implemented, we'll fund you. There's no other bill. You don't complicate this. Ukraine's a separate vote. It's it's disgusting how disingenuous all this stuff is. $120 billion. They're calling it a border bill. 16, 17% of it's for the border. Over half of it's for Ukraine. Nuts. Donald Trump did a sit-down with Maria Bartiromo this weekend on her Fox Business show and started talking about vice presidential candidates, and he named two by name. The discussion was about because Trump, another poll came out this weekend, NBC News, far left NBC News, came out with a new poll. It's Trump's biggest lead yet. He just keeps gaining in the polls. So she's asking about what does your vice president bring? What do they have to have? There have been all these rumors out there about Ben Carson. I cannot see that. I don't know why it would be Ben Carson. That doesn't resonate with me at all. But he mentioned first Tim Scott from South Carolina. And then second, Christy Nome from North Dakota, the governor there. And you could see what each would bring. I mean, you got a black man and a woman. And it brings something that Trump is not. So you can see what's gained. Look, Trump's going to win South Carolina. He's going to win North Dakota. He's going to win both those states. So this is not delivering a state. Would it be awesome if Christy Nome were the governor in Michigan? Yeah, it would. Or Wisconsin? Sure. Pennsylvania, great. That in the case. So I can see where those two are at the top of the list. I also think as time goes by, Vivek Ramaswamy is going to catch more attention. He is also a person of color. But I, you know, Trump may be, again, if I were Trump and became president, I would have Vivek be my chief of staff. He'd just be my chief of staff. I'd bring him in. You're my guy. You, let's go. Because the chief of staff really does more than the vice president. So his actual functional government 
or chief executive, Vivek Ramaswamy at his side as chief of staff would be better than, than vice president. It's just, it's been my opinion from day one. But I do think he's going to consider more and more as he goes forward uh, Vivek as a candidate for vice president as well. We'll see. But it was interesting to hear him mention two people by name. But then he said, oh, I talked to everybody. She was, oh, have you talked to him? He goes, oh, I talked to everybody. He's keeping it out there. He, does, he, said, he, he did say, I haven't decided yet. Some people thought a couple of weeks ago, he made a comment that said he had decided. And now he says, I have not. I've not decided or told anybody anything. And I talk to people all the time. So uh, pretty cool stuff there on that front. I uh, was single this weekend. Jessica's been out of town. I watched the Grammys on Sunday night with my dog. We crashed out on the couch all evening and had a nice time. I'm not big into award shows. I wanted to watch it because I'm a Billy Joel fan. And over the weekend, he released his first song in 31 years. So I was like Billy Joel. I connected with some of the lyrics of his songs. His, his songs are generally speaking stories. They're tales. Uh, a lot of this was when I was a younger person and you're, you know, hearing love stories or falling in love or whatever for the first time. And so you connect. And he obviously connects with a lot of people. He sold out Arrowhead Stadium this past summer. He's been sober for four years. He's lost some weight. He's just, he finally sounded great again when we went to Arrowhead and saw him. But I believed in 1993 when he put out River of Dreams, that that was it. His last song on his last album was called Famous Last Words. And in that song, he wrote, these are the last words I have to say. People asked him over the decades, why aren't you writing new songs? Why aren't you doing new songs? He said, nobody wants to hear from me. I don't have much else to say. I said it all over a 20-year period. Um, and what I say doesn't matter anyway. He largely stays out of politics, but I think he votes for Democrats. He's a New Yorker largely stays out of that stuff and just likes to, you know, do his music and play and whatever. So I'm watching the Grammys because Billy Joel's going to be on. I got to wait three hours. Like they don't tell you where, like, like he's going to close the show. Like this song's a big deal. We'll get to that in a moment. And I'm scrolling through my phone and this dude that won three Grammys named Killer Mike, he's a rapper. Killer Mike won three Grammys and then the cops handcuffed him and took him to jail from the basketball arena where they were having the Grammys. He, won, he literally got three trophies in his hands, and then the cops cuffed him and took him to jail. Uh, it doesn't sound like it's much. There are TMZs reporting that it's believed to be misdemeanor charges that will be, he'll pay his bond and release, that it's not something, you know, really bad. But can you imagine? You're on like the night of your life. This guy made news on Friday. He went on Bill Maher's show. Killer Mike was the guest, and he wouldn't endorse Joe Biden. And he got into it with Bill Maher about, well, why, what, what has Biden done for you, Bill? You, you like paying taxes? No, I do think I'm overtaxed. Well, what, he said exactly what, he says, well, he's won. And Killer Mike's like, yeah, he won. And he's like, he could win again. He goes, yeah, he could win again. But what's he doing for you that's good now that he's won? And Bill Maher didn't have an answer to that. And Killer Mike's like, he hasn't done anything good. Don't, don't even get me started. So the conversation comes up about Trump. He goes, I'm not saying I'm voting for Trump. Maybe a third party candidate, whatever, but I'll look at Trump because I know this, Joe Biden isn't doing anything good. Wow, he's got problems with the black vote. Joe Biden's got real problems with the black vote. I'm telling you, he's got real problems. This is just a rational way to talk about it. Like, okay, I, I'm a Democrat. I want to vote for the Democrat, but he's been there four years. I, he's done nothing for me. Not what he's like, I cannot name one thing Joe Biden has done that I think is good. He's like, I don't like these wars. 
The economy sucks. We're letting people in. It's getting more dangerous. What, 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 what's good here? What's, what good is happening? My taxes are through the roof. So a lot of people think after he did that interview Friday, that's when somebody made a call and decided, go pick him up at the Grammys on this misdemeanor. Mm-hmm. I can't quite go there, but I've seen enough weaponization of police forces, the Capitol Police, Department of Justice, the FBI. We've seen enough of this by the Biden people that would it surprise you if somehow it got out and got back somewhere in a couple of months that Killer Mike was picked up at the Grammys because Biden was pissed at the things that he said on Bill Maher? I don't think that would surprise me. That's their game. That's who they are. That's their game. All right, our final final will be the Grammys. We'll stick to music on this. We're brought to you by NKC Dental, online at nkcdental.com, two locations, Kansas and Missouri, for North Kansas City Dental. Roberts Robinson Chevrolet GMC in Excelsior Springs is home of the lifetime warranty. And they service every make and model of car. They'll even come pick it up from you and return it to you. RobertsRobinson.com is the website. They don't have it, they'll build it for you. RobertsRobinson.com. Chevrolet, find new roads. And Advantage Termite and Pest Control is online at AdvantageTPC.com. Just call Aaron and his team at Advantage Termite and Pest Control. It's set up for the annual service right now. It's the start of the new year. Call Advantage, 913-768-8989. Make the switch, or if you haven't had a pest company before, it's not expensive. They do an outstanding job. You'll never see anything. They just take care of it all for you. AdvantageTPC.com. Okay, so early on in the night, Luke Combs took the stage with Tracy Chapman at the Grammys. Tracy Chapman wrote a very famous song 25, 30 years ago called Fast Car. Luke Combs got permission to recut it as a country song, and it was a smash hit, went to number one, was like the biggest song of the year this year. Tracy Chapman is uh, black and queer, and so some people didn't like that Luke Combs did the song because they thought somehow... I don't know. I, I can't even describe the things that people get in their heads, okay? But I'm like, Tracy Chapman wrote the song, which means she's making all the money off this song. Like Luke Combs cutting it and re-releasing it made, I'm certain she made millions of dollars last year off a song that she'd already written just for telling him, yes, you can write, you can do it. So the two artists were cool. Like they went through the proper channels, did the, like they're cool. Luke Combs gets zero writing credit on this. He doesn't make any money for having written that song. That's where the money is. Nothing. So they show up last night at the Grammys, and some people were miffed that Luke Combs had done this song, and they're on stage together, and it was goosebumps, man. It was magic. It was so cool. And he, he was so genuinely a gentleman during the song, and at the end kind of bowed to her like she's the great one wrote this song. Like there's no bigger star right now than Luke Combs but he doesn't really act like he's a big star. He's just kind of a country bumpkin kind of guy, but you know, it's, I think that's what people like about him. There's an appeal to that. He was so respectful to her and it was a wonderful moment. And I think that's got to put the kibosh on anybody on Like they're just performing together and her voice was beautiful. God, she was great. It was one of those really, really cool moments, but I wait all night to see Billy Joel who has a new song called turn the lights back on. And this is the story they're telling. There's a 35-year-old dude named Freddie Wexler who had produced some other people's records but grew up a Billy Joel fan and had never met him. For his 35th birthday, his wife 
wanted to give him the opportunity to meet Billy Joel. So she calls everywhere for months leading up to his 35th birthday. They finally find a doctor that they have in common. That somebody they knew went to some family practice doctor on Long Island or something that apparently is Billy Joel's regular MD. And they're like, hey, this doctor became the go-between. And he reaches out and calls Billy and says, this guy named Freddie wants to meet you. He'll come to your house or whatever. Billy's like, well, I got a restaurant just across the street from my house here on Long Island. I don't want him in my house. I'll go meet him for 10 minutes, shake his hand, say we met, whatever. Because he heard it was like the 35th birthday. And yes, this this guy's a music producer. He's going to talk a little music with you. Billy walks in and orders carry out. (laughs) This Freddie Wexler tells this story. He's like, he walks in and I'm like, I'm finally meeting Billy Joel. And he's ordering carry out. Like he's not going to be here. He's leaving. He just orders carry out right in front of me. Like I I don't have much time for this. They start talking. And two and a half hours later, he convinced Billy Joel to come over to his house, Wexler's house to his studio. He he said, you got to have songs laying around somewhere. He said, it's painful for me to write songs. I can't finish them. I get them. I think, and I, you know, I, I just, I couldn't do it anymore. And it was no fun. And I didn't want to do it. 31 years, Billy Joel went without writing a song. 31 years. Wexler said, you got to have stuff. He's got, I got stuff everywhere. I got unfinished songs everywhere. I just, I'm, I don't like doing it. I don't like the process and it's not any good. He goes, bring them to me, come to my house, help me, give me a chance to finish them for you. And they did. And it leads me to believe there's going to be many more songs coming out. But right now there's just one. It's called Turn the Lights Back On, which is essentially an apology to his fans for not making new music for 31 years. He finishes writing this song about, you know, am I too late to turn the lights back on? Because he knew he just waited and waited and waited. Would anybody want to hear a new song from Billy Joel? He said, I don't like my voice. I don't want to hear it. And when they completed this song, he told Wexler, he said, I want to give this to Adele. This is not my song. We can be co-writers. Adele needs to sing this song, not me. My voice sucks. He said, come on, let's record it. And they recorded it. And Billy Joel said, I listened to it and I didn't hate my voice. He said, I can't remember the last time I listened to my voice and didn't think, oh boy, there's Billy Joel singing another song. I mean, he's pretty self-deprecating. His quote, I don't hate the singer, end quote, when he hears himself sing this song. That's pretty cool. So he kept it and didn't give it to Adele. And Billy Joel has a new song out, and we expect there's going to be more, which is kind of fun because we know that there's songs, there's a catalog laying around somewhere. You can't, I explained this to a buddy yesterday. I'm like, that that year that I had a non-compete where I couldn't do a podcast or radio or anything just killed me. Because like right now, even if nobody's listening to what I'm doing right now, just getting up in the morning and doing this is who I am. It's what I am. It's what I love to do. It's everything. I don't know how you can be one of the greatest singer-songwriters of all time and go 31 years without writing and recording a new song. 31 years. Two of my kids weren't born. Crazy. It is a very good song. He had an orchestra with him last night, strings. There must have been 16, 18 people on stage as he was singing that thing. It's called Turn the Lights Back On by Billy Joel. Our final final today, Super Bowl week at Kevin Keatsman has issues. 
Kevin Keatsman Has Issues has been presented by Roberts Robinson Chevrolet GMC and is produced by Crooked Tail Media. Please hit the like or follow button wherever you listen or give us a review. For premium content podcasts and weekly newsletter, join as a patron at kkhasissues.com for as little as $5 a month. Support all our sponsors and other conservative businesses at the kklist.com. This has been a production of Cricket Tail Media Incorporated.